Hello, and welcome back to the Electric Punch Podcast. As always, I am your host, Logan Grigsby, and we are going to have an astonishingly awesome show for you tonight. First, the announcements. We at the Electric Punch Podcast stand with people of all religious, cultural, ethnic, racial, or sexual backgrounds. We believe in making and maintaining a community that is safe and a peaceful and happy place to be. So if you have drama, leave it with your llama. Watch out for each other. And if you see something, say something. Drink more water, be kind, and stay, stay warm. Um, and most importantly, love each other. Um, with that being said, I have the absolute pleasure to welcome on tonight's guest, uh, Acrylic himself, Mr. Jaden Young. Hey, how's it going? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Good to be here. Mm, okay, so let me get this question, first question out here, and this might be offensive to some listeners. Ketchup is a fruit juice. Prove me wrong. I can't prove you wrong because... Our scientific method has deemed that tomatoes are fruit. I'll call it more of a fruit puree, maybe, if we yeah. really want to get technical, but I'll give that to you. <laughs> All right. Especially like the little, the watery, nasty yeah. stuff. <laughs> the cheap yep. stuff. Yeah. Okay. So let's get started with a little bit of background. Where do you kind of original, originate from and when, when did you kind of come to Kansas City and start playing? Um, so I'm actually from Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the country. Um, I didn't get in. I was always like the kid who mm-hmm. liked music, but um, I like play guitar from a young age, but nothing like crazy, like serious about like music or playing it for other people until mm-hmm. my late teens. Um, I was always that dude trying to find the aux chord, you know, and it just kind of went from there and started DJing in the 28. 20- 18 or 19 i got my first controller or something like that yeah okay and just kind of started moving up from there at first i started out as a hip-hop dj mm-hmm. um a couple of my buddies uh, did shows with strange and mm-hmm. other companies and i kind of shadowed them and saw that side of the world as far as dj goes but edm is kind of my first love as far oh, yeah. as music goes so yeah so what back. kind of uh music did you grow up listening to and when did you kind of get introduced to edm and yeah. what what was what kind of what 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 were some of the people you grew up once you did get introduced to EDM? Yeah, so actually, I was raised really religiously at first, right? So my my parents didn't listen to any radio other than like the Christian stations, and oh. even some of the Christian stations were too oh man too much. Too risque. So it was very uh very hymn based, um, and that always like. It kind of did a reverse effect because I was always trying to like listen to the stuff in the car radio or like just things I wasn't supposed to listen to, which is like the normal ass radio station. So um, when I got introduced to EDM was probably, I was probably 13 or 14. Um, I have a couple of Russian buddies that... They have it's it's Russian EDM, but it was okay, it, it, like Rush, Russian Kitty, something like that. It, <laughs> it blew my mind, and then he showed me like Trap Nation on YouTube, and I was like, oh, okay. okay. And kind of like the the San Holo, um, Dr. Dre remix that mm-hmm. was a big uh, big one back in the day. That I was like, oh man, this is this is kind of crazy. Absolutely, so. absolutely. So I know you said your family's religious, but are any of them kind of artistic in any way? Paintings or 
making maybe choir so i'm actually adopted so genetically i have no clue um Mm -hmm. my mom and dad growing up in the country they're always like very handy about things Mm -hmm. Uh, dad was electrician and alignment for like 40 something years now so definitely instilled uh if you don't know how you could probably figure it out and we didn't have internet obviously being so uh conservative back in the day so Google's like cheating. I feel like now, mm-hmm. like things are just so figure outable. Absolutely. YouTube University. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any concerts in particular that stand out in your mind that like made you say, I wanted to be a part of all of this? Um, I would say my first EDM show that I saw, or kind of like one of the first concerts I saw, was Zomboy at the Granada. Oh, yeah. That'll um, be a pretty good time. And it was kind of like that was like maybe the seed that started it but then um tonic used to be mm-hmm. a thing in lawrence tonic in the cave r.i.p but i remember going in there and hearing mike ryan play some some bootleg or some remix of something i was like man this is like some some crazy shit i need to get like what even is this and so between getting into the rave scene a little bit and then going to places where they play like not just radio music that kind of opened my eyes to a whole new possibility of Absolutely. like why would i why would i not just listen to the original when i could find a really cool remix Absolutely. now so how do you think you would describe your sound to someone who is kind of a beginner to edm and doesn't really know all the t- terminology or lingo yeah that's a that's a good question because i get a lot of questions about like like what are the genres and stuff mm-hmm. and there's obviously that's a whole nother video or podcast yeah, about those absolutely. but um i try to describe it as like euphoric sort of comes mm-hmm. to mind um very like vibey vibey's a pretty you know it's kind of a universal word so that's probably yeah. one i throw in just because people don't understand but um yeah just vibey like upbeat probably is a pretty good one upbeat positive um, I don't have a very heavy sound. I play a lot of future bass and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say upbeat, happy, stuff like that. Okay. So, what are your views on mythical creatures such as aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, and the Kraken? So, I mean, it was only like the 1950s, I want to say, before gorillas were accepted as an actual animal. So I think there's a lot of room for the unknown in our current theories. About I things. definitely think Bigfoot's an escape gorilla. I say it every time. I just think Bigfoot's an escape gorilla from the zoo. It could be. Like, I'm, I'm not in a place to say any of that is false. I would say we probably have skewed ideas from reality of what those things, what they mm-hmm. actually entail. But there's enough. There's something out there. Like, you got to be like... There's something yeah, going on that the we universe don't know about. is too big for there not to be aliens. 100%. There's less than, I mean, a very small percent chance that we're mm-hmm. the only people here. Okay. We're only things here. So can you tell me the story behind your name? So I was driving down 23rd Street, mm-hmm. trying to think of a DJ name um, in Lawrence. Just like, kind of like, not really using english words just kind of gibberish like just sounding Mm -hmm. out things in my in my mouth and in my head out loud and acrylic just came up as something in my head 
And I don't know why. Maybe it's like sub subconsciously similar to like Skrillex or words like that that came. I don't know why I thought of it, but I don't know. It just it seemed cool. It's a really cool material, also. Like it's it's really versatile. It's transparent. Um, I don't know. Absolutely. It's just a cool word Absolutely. at the end of the day. I wish I had a, a really inspirational reason for why I liked that one, but that's it. Okay. So say I had a box of 64 color crowns. Crayola, the nice one with the sharpener. What color do you think best describes your energy? Definitely blue. And... There's like a purplish blue specifically mm -hmm. that if yeah, I see it, I I'm like, say, we that's got all 64. It. We need a little bit better yeah. than just blue. We want to um, figure out. It's like violet blue mm -hmm. almost. Turquoise. It's like very, yeah, turquoise is getting close there. Um, yeah, very rich, very saturated purplish blue, yeah. I would oh, say. Yeah. Okay, so when you're making music, are you kind of making it for yourself or are you making it with your audience in mind? A little bit of both, I would mm -hmm. say. I haven't released any projects to date yet. I'm mm -hmm. sitting on some stuff and I'm working on an EP, but I think it just flows easier for me most of the time if I'm not worried about anything other than what am I feeling and what am I trying to, what ideas are in my head that I'm trying to get down onto the doll. Absolutely, absolutely. So I guess, do you consider yourself an emotion, to be an emotional person? And how do you kind of harness your emotions and put that into your music and into your DJing? Yeah, absolutely. I would say, for sure, I try to be well-connected with myself. Um, my sets, I really like to play into the emotional side of things. Like, I wouldn't... For me, if I have a set that's has some lyrics in it. It's a little bit slower and very melodic for a lot of it. And mm -hmm. then kind of builds into like this different energy. And then I throw something like dubstep or trap on it. That's a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. I think it makes it hit a little bit more for me at least because like emotions, like, I mean, they're one of the most powerful things, you know, like music is emotion, right? Absolutely. At the end of the day. So I think it helps me portray more of a storyline in one's head about Absolutely. how to feel when that big drop hits, you know? And what, what kind of, what do you want to make your audience feel? What do you want the vibe or if you're working on anything right now, what is kind of the vibe and the feeling of that? Yeah. So I've been thinking about this a lot lately, mm -hmm. especially since um, these last couple of festivals and big shows have been really kind of honed down like, what i want this project to embody like what do i want to present to the world as this is me and when it comes down to it i want people to feel nostalgic and happy i think absolutely like nostalgia is like one of the most powerful ways as a dj i think we can get mm -hmm. reactions from people like you play a throwback song at a bar or something you can I mean, you can tell when it was a when it hits it hits when it hits it hits you know so i would say like nostalgia maybe thinking of a, a time when they weren't as happy or weren't as well off as they are now mentally and kind of encourage them in the moment you know absolutely absolutely so what do you enjoy most about being a mus musician I would say getting to see how music affects people mm -hmm. is one of the definitely in the top 
Um, one of them is getting to share your stuff that you like with a group that is there to see what you have to show them. I just think that at the, like if you boil it down to that, like somebody presenting something to a, a group of people is kind of a cool way to to like visualize it in my head at least. It's like a, I don't know, just an art piece that I'm presenting the world to the world every time you play. And absolutely, absolutely. It's also like a sort of like an experiment in mm-hmm. humanity because seeing like if you play a certain song, let's say 25% of them are just going nuts over it, but the rest don't know the song or they're not really vibing with it. Trying to play, trying to figure out what to play next after that, that decision to see how many people we can get actively really liking what's being played, that, that journey is, is kind of a cool challenge, I think. Oh, yeah. It's kind of, I like how you put that, though. It's kind of philosophical in a way. Oh, yeah, definitely is finding all about finding that balance and knowing what's going to work for the entire crowd. So I guess a little bit on the opposite end of that, what do you think is the most stressful part of your job? The most stressful thing is either it's one or two things. Mm -hmm. Figuring out what to play next if you're rushed or if you somehow the CDJ is blinking white. I feel like every DJ will know what I'm talking about. Like if, if there's something going weird, like I don't know mm-hmm. how you got in this position, but if the CDJ is blinking or if your track's about to come to the end and you don't know what you're playing next, that can get a little stressful because you don't want to just hit play on it. You can in some instances, but um, that or equipment failure is a big thing. Like anybody in this, in the industry will tell you that, it happens it'll happen to you like whether it's a like i've had a hard drive failure um had a usb like not just just not load um like speakers can go out like if you're setting up i do a lot of my own production so like if i didn't bring the the microphone power quick cable or if that microphone power cable breaks this whole wedding i'm doing yeah could be fucked, be, you know? yeah absolutely so yeah, that does seem, seem like a lot of stress just to have on your shoulders. So what are you excited for? I'm excited for the possibilities, you mm-hmm. know? Like I'm excited for the not knowing exactly what's coming up, but having a good feeling about it. Um, I'm excited to see where, where music will take me, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, I'm, I'm really excited to see where Kansas City is going to go in the next, you know, three, four, five, ten years. Um, yeah, excited for a lot of things, honestly. Absolutely. So what is some advice that you have been given that has always stuck with you? Parents always said, you know, it's the classic golden rule, like treat other people like you'd want to be treated. That's probably the number one thing. Um, Hayden, Jason Fallon, who's like one of the best DJs in Kansas City, for sure, he said the snare never lies. Mm-hmm. And what he means by that is like when you're mixing in two songs, it's sometimes you don't know where to drop the next one in, right? Say the BPMs are the same and everything, but it's not always just start it on the, the one beat. If it's one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Some songs, you like if it's a acapella, sometimes they'll need to be dropped off a beat or something like that. And he said, the snare never lies. And if you look at the snare in most drum patterns that are recognizable, 
it's if you drop the snare onto the other snare, a lot of times it works out pretty well. So that's something that I've been implementing when I don't know. Oh yeah. And, or if I'm I having like a second. That. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um so what is one of your absolute dream venues or music festivals to play at? Like if be it Red Rocks, be it like Tomorrowland, be it uh Defcon in Australia, it could be anywhere. What do you think would be your dream uh performance? Red Rocks definitely came to mind immediately. That's my favorite venue I've personally been to and seen shows at. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been to the Gorge, but I've heard that yeah, it's like absolutely. next level also. That one's definitely up there for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like the outdoors. So any of those, mm-hmm. the venues that are outdoors and just like a crazy, crazy like surroundings, I would mm-hmm. say that would be the top for me. Like all the other... Like festivals are really cool. I like like you have Coachella and EDC and Tomorrowland, all those. Like any any of those would be cool to play, you know, like any DJ would be like Absolutely. very happy to play on most of those. So I'll group all those together for sure. Okay. So how do you feel about the internet and social media? and its prevalence in the scene how much of being a successful artist is making music and how much of it is networking and making and meeting people yeah it's it depends i would say there's there's multiple ways to go about getting your whatever you're doing out to the world i think social media is a really really good tool to do that um it does suck a little bit nowadays where everybody's a content creator. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you do in order to be relevant as far as those type of analytics or numbers go. You need to put out something, you know, whether it's reels or photos or, or anything. But as far as music goes, like there's music artists that don't really use social media. And, you know, for all of mm-hmm. humanity's existence, we didn't use it and people still got famous 200 years ago so absolutely i hate social media and i hate that i have to use facebook all the time yeah but i also love memes and i also know that's the only way i'm going to be able to talk to people (laughs) do it for the memes (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a double-edged sword because at one in one aspect it's definitely helpful because like anybody can go on their phone and post something that anybody in the rest of the world that has internet can have access to but it's also made it way more um concentrated that's not the exact word i'm looking for but definitely a flooded market you could say i mean we have probably millions of creators now on the the internet versus 100 years ago it'd be who can who can publish a book or who can yell the loudest basically yeah so (laughs) it's always been a contest if you can talk the loudest oh yeah Okay, so what do you think is the ultimate form of potato? Mm. So, potato chips come to mind, but that's a very American thing. Um, See, nochi, I, think, uh, I would say, is up there. It's a type of pasta. Oh, I do like pasta. It's like a, a soft pasta. It's almost like a, a nugget pasta, if See, that makes sense. I always sense. go for like the twice-baked potato. Mashed potatoes yeah, are good, but the twice-baked potato is so fire. Yeah. French fries are pretty classic, too. Mm. Like I, I do love a good fry. Okay. Okay. 
So if you could change anything about the local music community or scene, what do you think it would be and why? Um, number one, I would take out the drama that is, I won't say unnecessary, but the drama that is non-productive. Because yeah. drama to an extent is always necessary in some instances, but definitely the unproductive vibes, I would mm -hmm. say. like. I think we've been doing a pretty decent job of coming together and, you know, doing what a music scene should do. Um, I just try to continue that, that momentum of, you know, keeping, keeping the good Absolutely. vibes going, you know. So let's talk a little bit about the day of the show. What does that look like from, I guess, kind of starting from when you wake up? Do you have any pre-show rituals? Are you constantly swapping out your playlist? How do you deal with pre-show jitters? Do you get pretty nervous? Or Yeah, so I was talking to Amber Snow um, right before the Kaiwachi show this last Friday. And we're like, yeah, bro, we were downloading stuff the day of and stuff. Like when I first started out, planning these bigger EDM sets, I would have every song planned, like, you know, timed out. I knew where every single transition was. That's a great way to do it, you know, if Absolutely. that works for you. And especially once you get up into the, the big leagues, that's definitely the direction a lot of people go. Um, but for some people, they'll have, like, they'll, they'll kind of freestyle it a mm -hmm. little bit, you know, just kind of go through it and, and they see both how have it obviously their merits and their own like good things about it exactly so the trade-off i've seen with kind of doing a good medium is i know this i don't have to think too hard about what songs to play because i know what you know i have Gen these, general order everything like that yeah i have a general idea map mapped out but it i don't stress myself out if i miss a transition or something i can just go into this song or whatever but as far as day of show, I try to minimize looking at or messing with the set too much because, mm -hmm. you know, I've known this day was coming up. I have these 40, 45 songs already. They're there for a reason. I've been practicing the last few days. So if they're still there on the morning of, you know, just, they're going to be good ones. Yeah, to just with. save your energy. Don't worry about it. Don't, you know, overthink it, basically. Absolutely. Just try to not overthink it. Drink a lot of water. That's really helped on the jittery part. Like, um, I'm like, I like caffeine, but if I drink like too much Red Bull or something, don't and skimp out on the water, then that'll definitely affect me. Yeah. So. Um, okay. So when opening a show, how do you find a good balance between getting the crowd bumped and not going too hard? Do you think an opener can go too hard? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it depends on the show and the venue and everything. Again, like it always depends on your audience on how to open up a show. But mm -hmm. I would say for me personally, um, like this last, last show I just did, I kind of did things a little different. Sometimes I'll come out with a big, like a little buildup of an intro then have like a heavier song mm -hmm. and then kind of go down a few steps in energy just so I come out like guns blasting, you know, like absolutely, we here. yeah, hype everybody up, wake yeah. them up from that little prelude. Yeah, this last set I did something a little different though. I had kind of a a quiet, like kind of chill opening mm -hmm. with some some like some voices I put on the track. Kind of did a little bootleg for that. Kind of warmed it up, and then it was just like a nice 
I wanted to get everybody in like a good vibe before I went to that heavier song. For Absolutely. The next one. And the, the song wasn't even that heavy. It was drum and bass, but you know, just the high energy song after my intro, it kind of warmed them up a little bit mm-hmm. more. I think it, mm-hmm. it worked out pretty well. Okay. So do you have any artists to inspire you and what about them kind of inspire you? Yeah. So my number one artist that I've been inspired by for the whole DJ career is Son Holo. Um, he does a lot of guitars. Um, he implements those in acoustic things. And guitar being the only instrument I can say I know how to play comfortably. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a little bit of a admiration there for how you can take that and just make something that doesn't even sound like is a guitar, but it came from it. So that Absolutely. and uh, um, Lewis the Child, I really like. They've, mm-hmm. they've influenced my my recent sound quite a bit, just because they're very fluid in their genres. They can do house, or they can do like a future future wave or future bass type mm-hmm. of sound. Also, so. okay. what are some strengths that you have that make you good at what you do? Um, I think being really open to a lot of different music mm-hmm. is helpful. Absolutely. Um, growing up in the country, like a lot of the my neighbors and peers, they all listen to country music, right? So um, I can comfortably play, you know, four, five, six hours of just country music for your wedding if you need to and know the songs. Or I can go to Kelly's or somewhere mm-hmm. else and play pop music for the college kids. Or I can go to Aura, play EDM or hip hop, like just as long. Um, being versatile has definitely helped Absolutely. keep me booked, Absolutely. I would say. Versatility is extremely important, I feel like, in a business like this. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so if you ever felt uh, starstruck or anything like that, meeting another artist? Yeah, like, since getting into the industry, like, it's not as big of a deal when, mm-hmm. like, big artists come around and stuff and you see them, especially at Aura, like, like I'll, like, randomly go there and, like, like just last last Saturday, I drove the headliner home, um, just because I was there just randomly, and I I didn't know who he was or anything, and I wasn't expecting to drive him home, but it was cool. <laughs> the uh, artist I've most been starstruck was probably Son Holo when I met him at um, before Breakaway this last year. Mm-hmm. So it's rare that I'm like, like I don't know what to say, bro, but you're awesome. <laughs> keep doing your thing you know because you don't want to be that guy you don't want to be like hey man i'm a dj too like you should be my yeah. friend because of that <laughs> absolutely not okay so um when was the last time that you climbed a tree so funny you ask i actually own a tree service okay okay so i'm a professional tree cutter and i've done that for the last 12 years for a living mm-hmm. so you're pretty uh, much in there every day then, huh? Uh, I do it once a day now. I used to do it full time. Um, but now all I do is climb trees and DJ. So last DJ, week, nice. last week I climbed a tree. Hmm, so how do you deal with the long nights of working a show with working a regular 40 hour week job and uh, social life balance, family balance? How do you how do you go about finding balance with all of that? Uh, so this the last couple of years I have not worked a forty hour job because mm-hmm. I work for myself now. 
Um, I was able to just work one day a week doing mm -hmm. tree work, and then the rest of my time has been DJing. So mm -hmm. it definitely, mm -hmm. uh, it's been a lot easier than on some people just because the position I'm at now finally, but you know, it's still like, I have a girlfriend too mm -hmm. and she works normal hours. So I'm like, I'll like sleep until like 12 law days and then go to bed at like five or six in the morning. So I'm up when she's there, but then on the week ends, I'm like gone in the evenings mm -hmm. most of the time. So, and that's the time when she has off. So we've had to make some compromises here and there, but yeah, everybody does in a relationship, though, so yep. as long as you can make it work. Yep. So what do you think is the funniest thing that you've ever seen or heard from a fan? Oh, man. Let's see. The funniest thing. Let's see. I know there's a really good one in here. Okay, so... I wasn't actually playing. Mm -hmm. I had just gotten off or something like that, but I was hanging right, right by the DJ booth and this guy comes up and there's, they're playing like a slower song that has like a good rhythm. Really, I forget what it is, but this guy comes up and he's like, man, if you can't fuck to this song, you can't fuck. And, <laughs> and it, was just, it was just so original and just off the wall, not expecting that. I didn't, I didn't know him at all. Like he just came up. That's the first thing he said. So I'm like, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess so, man. Like, it's it's funny that or yeah, there's just so many that well, and they all blend together. So th yeah, thinking back through your entire career, what is just some random fun memory that pops into your head? Um, I don't think I'll get in trouble for this, but Cardell breaking the the. The DJ stage at Aura is probably up on the list. <laughs> we had we had just uh, come back from Chicago, and we were playing the Excision after party there, and we're doing it back to back, going in like we're lit, and you know we mix he mixes in something, and then I take over the decks, and he hops up on the on the DJ table, something gives way, and the whole thing just drops about three inches. It doesn't completely fall, mm -hmm. thankfully. But he has like one foot on it and one foot on something else. And he's still just up there going though. And I'm like, I, I didn't know if the table was like being supported by anything. So I was like kind of holding the table and then also <laughs> oh, like scrolling man. on the CDJ. It, it, it worked out great. It didn't fall. It was really funny. So <laughs> it is what it is. Okay. So after your sets, what do you do to celebrate? And then what do you kind of do to unwind and relax? Um, after the sets, honestly, I, I'm like mostly just chilling at the show most of the time, like, mm -hmm. um, probably hit the vape a little bit maybe, but I don't drink. So there's not like my celebrations, basically just hanging out with everybody and taking pictures if I remember to, and just networking, you know, back to, back to square one again. So what are some highlights and achievements in your career that you are most, most proud of? Um, working with Strange Music is like one of the early things that I've mm -hmm. done that was pretty cool. Like um, Jerry Robinson was a guy that I didn't even know. And then um, Swasted, another DJ, he put us on a show together. And I got to DJ for Jerry before he was signed to Strange even. And 
I just thought he was some random guy. He said he was from New York. It was cool. But <laughs> after like, it was like a day after I was like, wait, this, this is this dude. And then he got signed like a month later. So that was really, really cool. And then, uh, let's see what else. Being able to, I mean, at Aura, that's been so many possibilities there. Like playing at Aura in and of itself is really cool, but like interacting with artists there, like being able to talk with Keys and Crates or Virtual Riot or um, have dinner with G-Rex, just like the both, like just him and I, we went to a barbecue place because Alfredo was busy. He couldn't do it. So he... Like here, take my car. Take my keys. Go give G Rex some. Get some dinner. So, <laughs> it definitely. sounds like a weird phone call. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was funny. It was it was great though. He he's super chill. Jake's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just mm-hmm. the interactions with other other people is just crazy. Like six years ago, I wasn't even thinking about mm-hmm. DJing, and then I'm in a green room with keys and crates, just chilling there. It's <laughs> like how did how did we get here, guys? Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the creative process. What does that look like for you? Are you kind of like locking yourself in your basement doodling thing uh, in your basement? Or are you kind of like doodling things down really quickly when it strikes you? Uh, are you making trades with demons for wonderful tunes? Just, are you involved in like blood sacrifice at all? Yeah, no, no demons here. <laughs> I actually just promised one of my buddies, um, shout out Dabby, but just promised one of my buddies that I wouldn't go to the dark side because <laughs> uh, we were having a conversation about visuals and how they're some artists go balls to the wall on how dark they are with like their imagery and mm. that's just like low-key the opposite of my vibe yeah. and he's like dude promise me you'll never sell out and go go for the demons i'm like we're not doing that <laughs> we're not doing that yeah. for me I'm not being edgy yeah like um I do almost everything in my life from my bed if I'm not outside. So mm-hmm. like I will do like I've done my taxes from bed. Like I'll just chill in bed, listen to music. Um, always got my laptop plugged in right there. Like that's my office basically. Um, yeah, I'd say a lot of times it'll, it'll like, a, like for a bootleg or something, I'll like hear something like most DJs do this, but we'll hear something and then we'll think of another song that like will probably work well with that. Like, something about it just reminds us of another song so sometimes i'll like if it's an old song that i don't have like i'll go find it on youtube and like it and put it in a playlist like if it's an old 80s song or something i want to like refresh in my list of stuff i've been listening to mm-hmm. but yeah okay. very random but most of the time it's me in bed um hopefully with my airpods so i don't annoy my girlfriend but just kind of messing around late at night super late night guy i feel that i feel i'm definitely a bit of a night owl myself so uh how many squirrels do you think you could take in a fight no weapons just uh me versus squirrels you're in the park and if you find something you can use it Mm. but that being said the park has trees that's true if i can get a stick of some kind that'll increase my chances Uh, dramatically I would think so. I'm going to say, say if I, I'm going to give myself a broomstick, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll call that the stick that I find randomly. If I had a broomstick, maybe if they're all coming at me all at once, man, that could get real chaotic. <laughs> real dicey, real quick. I don't know. Probably, honestly, 30 squirrels would probably be a significant challenge because they're quick and they're like little ninjas. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Yeah, they are quick. I'd they have to get quick. into a, a, a flow state real fast or else I'd, I'd choke and I'd die. <laughs> yeah. So they get, they get like one, one good bite on you. They get you on the ground. It's all over. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, if you were to die tomorrow, what would you want your fans to remember you for? I would want them to remember... That's a really good question. Probably just that, like, I didn't have beef with anybody. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, if you're hearing this and I have beef with you, I'm sorry. Let me know about it and we can squash it. But I don't <laughs> think I have beef with anybody ever. So, I just, uh, that's probably one of the main things. Like, watch now, somebody's going to come out of the woodworks and start beef with you. I asked like, for you it. think you can live a life like that? How dare you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I'm just trying to keep the good energy going, you know. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the saddest song that you've ever heard? The one that got away by Katy Perry. Oh, God. For sure, bro. For sure. That's like <laughs> core memory type. <laughs> Margaritaville. Yep. When, yeah. Margaritaville. Yeah, that one's pretty sad. Um, okay, yeah. so... Do you think you work better as a team or as a team or kind of by yourself and you consider yourself to be a competitive person? Um, I would say it depends on what I'm doing. If it's something that makes sense, like a, a show, for example, mm -hmm. or a festival or something, definitely makes sense to have multiple people involved. Um, if it's something that's more... You know, this is something I need to work on, too, because a lot of times I'll catch myself doing things that other people could be doing, like if I just let them know what I need done. And mm -hmm. I'm definitely not a control freak, but most instances when I'm, we're setting up a show or something, like I'm typically the one that knows how to do all the, the nitty-gritty technical stuff. So I just kind of assume that I'm just the one that needs to do it all. So... I would say if it's if it's something that I can like designing a stage or something like how is this all going to work like how's it going to plug in how's the power going to run what's it going to look like what's the programming needed that's probably best I can do that solo um but if it's something like a show that you know no things need carried in or out or things need set up if I can direct them I need to get better about Mm -hmm. being a good director you know because that's what a good leader does is Absolutely. organize people so is it better to be alone in the dark or not to be i would say alone in the dark because it still is yeah if you're not then it defaults to not being if yeah. then if you do have an instance of being that would i think take precedence over the not there's a chance it could be one of your friends that's with you in the dark yep it that's could true. not be one of your friends though it's a mystery who's with you in the dark yeah until you find out <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a good question too so do you have any absolute dream artists that would just be killer for you to do a collaboration with Ooh. So many that come to mind real quick. Uh, it depends on the genre. I really like Kavion. Mm -hmm. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm sorry, everybody. But he's like 
and not new but like more younger guy that does future base i think you learn a lot from him and how he does stuff um if it's house james hype for sure would be cool to collab with um if it's trap like iso xo or rl grime probably mm-hmm. um Loose the Child or like Porter Robinson would be really cool. Son Holo, of course, like that type of vibe. But yeah, all of them. All of them. Okay, so say you were locked in a Costco for 24 hours. It's like Christmas Day, so you're the only one in there. Yeah. What are you doing in that 24 hours? Hmm. Well, we do have a membership, me and my girlfriend. So <laughs> we probably scouted it out. Yeah, Good. we already know the deal. Um, if we we're just killing time, I mean, I'd probably, I'd probably be hungry first. So I'd go check out and see if they have any rotisserie chickens. Because mm-hmm. I love <laughs> me some rotisserie chickens. Uh, probably get something to eat. And probably go check out the electronics. And I'd probably end up setting up like a... a Costco equivalent of a homeless camp <laughs> in one of the aisles. Like I'd get me a TV, get some, the biggest bean bag, um, some chips or Setting something. Just shop. just set up to chill, you know. <laughs> okay, so what do you think is the greatest challenge facing musician these days? The greatest challenge, I would say would either be putting out stuff that's like authentic to them mm-hmm. and like subs like music of substance mm-hmm. um probably one of the biggest challenges or the social media thing that you're talking about earlier is kind of a big challenge because there's some people that are insane at producing like you know they that's just their thing but the person who's good at that probably isn't a marketing genius you know and if you don't have money to outsource that type of stuff that can be a big challenge for people that you know have this whole side of things locked down but Mm -hmm. they need this door open Mm -hmm. for them you know so like you know when it comes to labels even like like in any industry the bigger the company sometimes they get seen negatively but in the music industry, I can see sometimes, uh, sometimes artists can be maybe pushed to put out music faster or more as like a product mm-hmm. for for sale versus like a piece of art, you know. Which, how do you fix that? You know, it's it's not an easy problem to fix by any means, but Absolutely. I can see that being problematic Absolutely. for sure. So, what do you think is your greatest challenge? My greatest challenge right now is figuring out how to make what's in my head Mm -hmm. sound like it does in my head out of those speakers, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it takes years and years and years for people to learn how to to master, learn how to set levels and set, you know? Like, if you you talk to Skrillex or somebody like that, they've, they've learned and forgotten more than most people have ever learned you know Mm -hmm. so it's it's definitely a a curve to all the there's a curve to everything you know honestly absolutely okay so what advice would you give to an upcoming dj looking to book shows or get uh get some attention or build kind of their reputation 
Yeah, I would say lean into your strengths. Mm -hmm. So if you are, let's say, a producer that hasn't just hasn't gotten into DJing yet, like that's a pretty common combo I see. Like Absolutely. people have been producing and they want to get into DJing or they, they just picked up DJing and then they're trying to get into producing. Lean, whichever one you know, lean into that and really like... If you already have it figured out, that's awesome. But then start opening up other avenues. So like say you can DJ and you can produce really well, open up your network then. Or mm -hmm. if you have a great network, but you just started into DJing, then expand your network in that DJing area, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would say overall, be humble. Don't expect more than what you get if that makes sense mm -hmm. like nothing's owed to you Absolutely. you know like nobody so many people are kind of entitled thinking they're going to come out here and make some music that probably midi and they sh people should just owe them likes and views and to come out and see their shows when they're really not putting in the yeah, work exactly and i saw one of a uh, um, grizzly is mm -hmm. a really good hip-hop artist uh, um, really good guy really good singer and he was on a podcast the other day. He said some stuff that I thought was really good. It was, don't, like, so many people are worried about if your friends are sharing your shit or not, which is good. And it's, it's great if your friends support you in that way. But don't expect them to. Because Absolutely. that's not your demographic. You know, they're, your, they're not your fans. They're your friends, right? So don't get salty if your friends aren't sharing every single post and every single thing you do and keeping it on repeat. because. They liked you before you even made music, you know, like they're not there for what you're trying to bring to the world. They're there for you, you mm -hmm. know, and some people lose their real homies off of that or lose respect for their homies for no reason, you know, because sometimes the people that would support you the most kind of get like off put if you keep shoving it down their throat, Absolutely. you know, so don't worry about it. If, if somebody's not sharing your shit, it don't matter, mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Can't always be looking at the numbers. You just got to keep your nose at the grindstone. Care more about the music than you, the numbers. That'll all come if you just keep working at mm -hmm. it. Yeah, don't force it. You know. So, what are some highlights or achievements through throughout your career that you were kind of most proud of? Let's see. Uh, I think like before, like. No, obviously Kaiwachi was the other night. I'm sure that was a pretty big one for you. Yeah, that was that was definitely a milestone. That was really cool to hit. Um, having that many people in one area like already primed to go is mm -hmm. it's not it doesn't come around too often, you know, when you're not a big artist. So definitely thankful to all the companies involved with that. Um, yeah, just being able to do that after starting this journey like what feels like not very long ago you know five years roughly it's it's just crazy how far it'll take you for sure absolutely you're absolutely um also playing at the chief stadium that was probably one that really stood out to me oh, like yeah yeah the founders club up there got to play for the uh basically all the rich people you know <laughs> all the all the season ticket holders they they have like a pre-party up there so get to play in at that stadium was pretty cool. Like I had worked there before with mm -hmm. Icon, um, but never DJ there. So that was definitely Plans highlight. for some real money then. Yeah. Well, that's got <laughs> to be a pretty neat, surreal experience. Yeah. It was cool. And then we got to, that was the first football game I've ever been to too. So mm -hmm. like I got done playing because the game started and I could walk around wherever and 
see the game from that side of things. Mm -hmm. So we just have a few minutes left. So why don't we talk a little bit about what kind of you're working on right now, what you can talk about, uh, upcoming shows and stuff like that. And if, if there's anybody you want to give shouts out to or anything like that, now is also a good time for that. Yeah. So I should just start, keep a list in my notes of all the people that I need to the shout boys. out. Because they're, they're, you guys know who you are. You're the boys. Um, obviously, shout out Crowd Control, Impact, Zooks, High Tech, Mammoth. Aura, Mosaic, like, if you're hearing this, listening to this, shout out to you, because thanks for supporting the podcast. Um, yeah, like, there's so many people on that list, so I can't, that's a whole, I can do a whole podcast mm -hmm. on that, for sure. But, um, coming up, we got, um, actually, as we speak, the flyer's being made, but Aura's going to be open on the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, hell yeah. So. Uh, That's one of the biggest party days of the year, I've yeah. been told. So we, I think we did it last year too, but it's always crazy lit um, that day. So it's going to be me, Acrylic, um, Savage Habits, or Cardell. Then we have um, Human Penguin, and we have Mad. Mm, so oh, okay. we'll have a good little mix of all the, all the goodies for for. Thanksgiving Eve. That's probably the next thing that's coming up. Um, I'm going to be at Hollywood Casino this Friday playing. Um, I haven't been there before, so that's cool. Then, you know, I, I messed up. I didn't put a calendar for this year or for this month. Usually I try to do like a little graphic calendar mm -hmm. and it was like... Calendars keep me sane. Yeah, it was like 10 days in and I still hadn't made it and I was like, ah, you know, should I? Like, it's kind of like, what's the point? So... <laughs> I'll be better about that and make a calendar for December, but it's uh, going to be cool. Uh, as far as music, I'm sitting on, I'm not going to come out here and say I'm sitting on like five albums worth, but definitely sitting on a good little collection that I've been kind of mentally preparing myself to put out a EP and kind of experimenting with some sounds that I want to do. And like, I just want it to really, really hit when I release mm. it. So I'll probably be next year for sure, but it's coming. It's coming for sure. But Well, hell yeah. I would like to thank you for your time coming on. It has been an absolute blast. It sounds like we got some badass shit to look forward to. I'll probably catch you at that aura pre-Thanksgiving party because, god damn, I hear it's fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be lit. Better come through. Um, Kansas City, you guys stay safe. You guys stay sexy. And remember, rates, light, lighting, shares are super appreciated. You guys have a wonderful weekend, and please stay safe.